and welcome back to the Goody Two Shoes podcast. We're missing the daughter half. She's at camp, and I'm Becky. I'm the mom half. And I am the dad half. Which three halves makes a really full family. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's complicated math, but yes. Yes, and we are um, doing this podcast while Ellie and Ethan are at a week-long camp, and so we continue the podcasting, um, but so it is going to be Ellie's parents talking about our topic today is our faith journey and the ways that God has grown us throughout the years. Um, we've been married for 17 years and um, we both started out our marriage as believers. Um, this, I think you've gotten glimpses of our story from before that time, but I'd like to just s- jump in at that point um, when we were first married and kind of build th- from that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so when we when we first were married, um, we had both gone through um, some pretty complicated uh, challenges, we'll say. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure anybody listening here has been in a situation where um, if you say that you're a true believer, you're saying to yourself that um, you want a greater relationship with God. And that's not always easy. And especially early on in our relationship, we found that there were some huge stumbling blocks that we had to get through. Um, and um, the vast majority of that time, we didn't really understand what that even meant. Um, so as we committed ourselves in our marriage and we committed ourselves to God, um, we started to understand the hard way um, that that meant a lot more than we originally had thought that it would. Yeah, we have, um, you know, so we, we got married in May of 2006 and um 2006 yeah it doesn't actually feel like that long ago in my mind but it definitely is um and you know we were in our mid-20s and um like within two months not even um we got this this idea to move back to wisconsin um to take over the family farm but and we had to fly home because my grandpa passed away and we spent a week there and then came home and like the day we both went back to work, um, oh, I should mention, we lived in Colorado Springs. So very far away from both of our families of origin um, here in Wisconsin. And we, uh, you know, we were like, well, this is our, you know, we're gonna be here. We'd bought a house, this was our plan. I worked at a, as a graphic designer at a Christian publishing company. I loved my job. I loved my coworkers, and and um, you know, Andy was working as an assistant manager at um, a tool company called Fastenal, and so you know we were like double income, no kids, had a house. We were just like, oh yeah, here we are. This is where we're at. This is our place. Um, and then God was like, yeah, about that. You know, we <laughs> we had a faith. I would say if you had asked us at that time, were we strong Christians, we would have said, oh yeah, totally, 100%. And I don't know that we were necessarily weak Christians, but you just don't understand how much more growth that you have you inside of you. We were the strongest Christians that we could have been at that moment, given the context of our lives. And I think that's maybe the overarching sentiment within this, is that, um, is that, is that God met us where we were at. In As he will and, for everyone. Uh, um, we what we didn't understand at that moment is that God was um, opening up a series of trials in our lives um, that would further define us 
um, in terms of our relationship to him, not only our relationship to ourselves or our relationship to the church, but more importantly, our relationship to him. Um, I think that when you are in a place where God is beckoning you and he's saying to you, I want more from your life, and you respond to that in a response of faith, you enter into a sort of contractual agreement with him where he then is truly the master of your life. Now, a master or a boss or an administrator or a supervisor, they, they all have goals and aspirations that maybe you, the worker, don't know. Um, and you go into work and you have your responsibilities, but they have something overarching that they want to, um, to achieve. So when you become a Christian, you're saying to yourself, well, uh, I, I want that. Like, like, God, you are the master of my life. Um, and uh, I think one of God's greatest graces is that he allows us to be blissfully naive in uh, our requests because at the end of the day, he's a good father. And we desire to have him at the helm of the ship of our lives because we trust him, because we seek to trust him. Because if we don't trust God, we literally have nothing. We have nothing in our lives. We have literally death and then a giant ocean of darkness for all of eternity. So in our hope, we relate to God. And then in his grace, he says back to us, I will allow you to participate in a relationship with me. And in our naivety, we say, yes, that sounds super duper. And in his um, majesty, he says, I'm going to take this ship in a different direction. Yeah, so we very quickly learned that like so we got back from this trip to wisconsin and the very first day we were back home andy lost his job he got fired for um a, a customer accused him of doing something and it was kind of like these iffy things and like his it's a long story we feel like he was wrongly fired and um do you know that this actually came up two days ago i was driving with ethan and uh, he had a rough day um, I forget, I don't remember the exact circumstance, um, but I was explaining how, oh, because they were, must have been a few days ago when they were at work. Um, and uh, he was saying that he had an altercation with one of his pseudo bosses, and various hierarchies. Um, and was like, that's very unfair. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. One of the things that we've told our kids from day one, literally day one, is that life is not fair. Because as we know as Christians now that this that there is an enemy prowling who wants to kill us and destroy us and destroy our lineage. So life is truly not fair. Um, and uh, we were going back and forth about this and, and he asked me, he said, um, Dad, have you ever been fired? And I said, we had about 25 minutes left on the drive at that point. <laughs> so I told him a story. Uh, and I told him a story how we were in Colorado and we were newly married and newly um, found out that we were having Ellie um, and um, it was just a really scary, challenging time. And um, what happened was, folks, I'll just be really honest with you, there was a, a customer who um, we had screwed up an order for and they had been really upset and uh, they were walking out of the building and they were basically turning the corner out the door and I flipped them off. Um, he wasn't looking back. It was kind of like my own, like, I'm so angry with the situation and I just middle fingers up in the air. No, I'm not saying it was right, but uh, the customer didn't see that. However, uh, one of the regional managers um, 
what's the what, um, uh, I don't know, say a, associates. We'll say associates. Somebody who was very um, was very close to the uh, regional manager um, saw me do that, and they said that I flipped off a customer, um, and um, I was basically fired almost immediately. Um, and uh, um, I remember it was so crazy too, because I cried. I was uh, what twenty seven. No, you were twenty five. Twenty five. And uh, there I was, like, in this parking lot with this regional general manager, regional manager, and I was just bawling like a baby because it was just so ridiculously unfair. Um, so um, I remember talking to Ethan about that and explaining that um, in that moment, it didn't really make a lot of sense. However, God is bigger. And, 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 and I didn't realize at the time in my immaturity that... I had already given God permission to do things like this in my life, to reorganize my life painfully, if necessary, uh, in order to be more on board with his will. And, oh dang, it was just a couple months later, right? Well, it was interesting because, you know, so obviously God is not like, go flip people off. No, that's not it. It was that he took a really bad situation and used it to grow Andy, to grow us as a couple. We needed both incomes. Um, I then, you know, we found out like it was probably like three weeks later. We found out we were pregnant with Ellie, and I was like, oh my gosh, we weren't planning to have a child right away. And um, I was like, I was gonna be a stay-at-home mom, but I'm the only one earning an income right now. And so now we have to like, so you know, Andy started looking for work, and he couldn't, you know, he had. We'd been in that city long enough where he had some contacts and he reached out to people and said, hey, I can work for you. And like nothing was panning out. Nothing was panning out. People didn't have jobs or they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're a shoe in And then like the like the last minute, they'd be like, never mind. This other guy applied and he's way better qualified. Sorry, you don't have the job. Like that happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got to the point where he's like, OK, I can apply you know, because this company dealt with tools and, and construction. He's like, I'll just apply at Home Depot or Lowe's because there was a couple of those in town or in the city. I mean, it's half a million people. And so nothing, like he couldn't even get a call back from those box stores. And they had like help wanted signs up. It was so weird. In that, in that moment, we were struck by how unfair the situation was, by how terrifying the situation was um, in... We were, we were struck by how God's providence was not there to protect our family. Um, and as we will sort of go over in this discussion, boy, God was there the whole time. Mm. That's the scary thing. The scary thing is in the moment is when you, you, you're most fearful, when you're most alone, it's when, when God is there the most. And you have decisions to make in those moments. Can you, you know, do you, do you go forward and 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 just sort of trudge on and, and in your own humanness say I'm going to do this, this, and this because that's what we did. We started pulling at all sorts of strings, trying to make anything work. Mm-hmm. We had no idea. We had no idea, but our faith, our faith was like a like, like a, a week one seedling, little tiny sun leaf out of the ground. Um, and that's not that's not to like bag on you know Andy and Becky twenty years ago. It's just the way that it is. Like it's part of the process. Um, and we're talking about an ageless, timeless God who has been there, done that 
for millennia and millions and billions of people. Um, and looking back on that, I, I kind of almost have to smile because I, I look at our crazy life and the way in which he has intervened in our lives to produce a new lineage for our families. And I'm like, well, I'll be honest with you, God, I, I don't see another way around that. Like, the way you did was probably the best way. But at the time, it was scary as hell. Um, yeah, it, we, we, he finally got, like, temporary work at my place of employment because of a project that they needed. And it was, you know, minimum wage, manual labor, and we were like, whatever, we'll take it. And um, during that time, you know, we were like, okay, so we've been married for six months, and, um, like, we need to find another source of income. So, like, my dad had been saying, well, I might, I'm ready to transition the farm over, and no one was there, and, and we both were like, wait, don't, like, loot, like, get the farm out of family hands, we'll come, we'll come back. We'll come back and work on it. We're super interested. And he was very supportive of that, but he was like, don't run home right away. Start like learning about farming, visiting farms and stuff like that. And so as we're going, like this had happened in the summer. And so now we're into the fall. And so we're like always, always in the back of our minds. We're like, what if we're supposed to move back to Wisconsin? Like, what if this is a fast forward? Like we thought, oh, we'll play around here in Colorado for a while. Get like some, you know, read magazines and read farming books and then come back and figure it out. But so then on a whim, Andy applied. He went on, does anyone remember monster.com? Um, he, he went on there and started like submitting resumes and looking for work in the Fox Valley. And like in one week, he had three people interested in having a face-to-face interview. Like like just and he was like oh my gosh and so like he had a phone call interview he had and then they were like no we're moving to the next step like we need to see you face to face and so he decided to we were like uh i think you know we need to like put our house up for sale and move back and so he like went flew home for a week to look for apartments and do job interviews and he got three job offers Whereas he had been looking... And found a place to live. And found a place to live. And the people heard our story and they wanted to reduce our rent. And so we had like this beautiful three-bedroom townhouse for like a song. It was unbelievable that what they were charging <laughs> us. And um, and we, we were like, what in the world? Like, this is easy. Everything that we were trying to do in Colorado was like closed door, closed door, closed door. It was like, okay, God, you're making it like super obvious. Like, this is an expedited thing. Even to us. Yeah. In our very, like, entering in... I mean, I think, like, it's easy to be, like, trying to make spirit-led decisions. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you aspire to do that. And then God intervenes in your life. And you're like, oh, the whole whole river just changed course in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was nothing that we had done. It was just our, our paltry faith. And then hoping that God would intervene. And then when he did, we're like... Well, that's not, like, it didn't even really register at the time uh, until it was just like, once we were in the, like, the, the stream of that river, and we were several leagues downstream, we're like, oh, God's in this. Well, and the other thing was we couldn't, we had just bought our house. Right. Like, we had no equity. So in order to sell it, we were going to have to charge more than what we had just paid for it just to cover the selling fees. And that was if, and that was right at the beginning of that housing bubble 
issue. And so um, we couldn't sell the house. And thankfully, and then our the person who, a realtor who had, like we had become for personal friends with this guy, he was like, well, I have rental properties too. I could just manage it for you until it, the market recovers and I can sell it. And we came up with this harebrained scheme with him with lawyers involved, so it was fine. But basically the house was in our name, but he essentially made all the payments and repairs and owned it you know, like for all intents and purposes. And he paid the taxes. He did all the things. And he was like, yep, that's fine. I'll lose money for like maybe a year or two on the rent. And then it'll start paying for itself. And, and honestly, he didn't get to a point where he could sell that house until I think what was like three years ago. Yeah. Like we used, we used to like freak people out because we'd be like, oh yeah, we own a house in Colorado Springs. And people who had known us for like a decade would be like, what? <laughs> We're like, I mean, technically, I don't think we could ever actually walk in the door and say we want to live here. great things for our credit score. Though. <laughs> I know. It was so <laughs> weird. And everyone around us was like, this is a bad idea. This is, you know, you're losing out. And we were like, no, I don't think so. And he was great. Like, he never double-crossed us. It was it was fine. And, and then he sold it, and he got the equity. And as well, he should. We mm-hmm. paid six months on that house. He paid the rest. Yeah, he took all the risk. Yeah, exactly. So, so just like, one more way that God was providing for us. Yeah, to get back home. And so, you know, that was like a big milestone in our faith journey. Because we're like, okay, this isn't just like we're here on Sunday, and now we get to play Christian by, you know, tithing or whatever it was like no this is like everyday life this is a part this is a part of our decision making like seeking him in prayer and all this stuff so that was like a big moment for us so i think in terms of like uh keeping this you know you know in a one-off podcast and not going into a 10-part series because honestly we could we could we could talk about the things that happen in our lives and, and um it would be it, it is amazing how god has brought us to this point um, as we sort of sort of wind down in this discussion, um, um, how do we compare and contrast? So looking at where we started, looking at where we were in our naivety, looking at where we are now, how would you sort of how would you discuss where our faith is at now? Well, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Like it's, it's, it's a hard discussion, right? Because because. We have now, what, 20, 20 years, 18 years, 17, well... well since we got married or well, since we've since known we've each other? Well, since we've known each other. Yeah, like 20 years since we've known each other. And and the beginning of our relationship was me getting saved. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, like, we have this incredible formative experience. And, and how do you distill 20 years of a relationship with God into um, this, this conversation? I mean, it's really, really challenging. Um, however, now we're at a position where every decision that we make, we're asking God. Every decision that comes up in our lives, we are, we're, we're, we're petitioning in prayer. If anything is challenging, we're going to trusted associates and trusted men and women of the faith. How did we get here? Like, you know, like, how does somebody, how does, how do you think, Becky? How do you think somebody gets to that point? And I am, of course... We are not experts. We are still a hot, steaming mess. But we strive, I think, for the Spirit better than a lot of people. And I take pride in that, how much we reach towards God. Um, so is it is it just our lives? I mean, is it just our failures? Is it, it What do you think? Well, it's interesting because I think, so <laughs> I was just telling 
someone this weekend that um, we we grow and learn best through hardship. And I think mm-hmm. that's true of most people. But I can specifically speak to that with you and I. Like when things are going fine and we don't have any major issues and stuff, we're kind of plateaued. We're like, this is it. But then when like something happens that we have to like seek the face of God, it's like now that's when I feel really closest to him. And I hate that it and has each to other. be Yeah, and each other. And like so I was explaining to this person that I said, you know, it's really too bad that it takes hardships to kind of level us up. And I said, but I'm also incredibly grateful that in our lives together, God has been super gracious and we haven't had major tragedies. Um, you know, I think about that. Uh, we, we have had serious issues. We have. We've had health issues. We've had family concerns. We've had um, health issues in our family. Um, we've seen things and experienced things that are, are significant. And I know, but I'm like, you know, some people go through like, like deaths in the family or like painful car accidents or they lose you know a house in a fire or you know these things like that and i'm just like well what why are so, you smiling ladies and gentlemen I, I think what you're seeing now is a testament to what god has done in our lives and a testament to our faith um, because we have been unemployed we have had our children on the brink of death we have seen close family members on the brink of death we have seen family members close to us in terrible terrible relationships you watched your husband almost die folks are you hearing it are you hearing what a life of faith can do I can back every single one of those things up with a story every single one of those things will chill your bones white and we endured it because we're so awesome because we're incredible because we're so strong no of course not we endured it because our god is greater and because our god is providential because he sees the horizons that we can't see for a lot of years i was waking up from nightmares of nuclear war I don't know if you remember that. It was really, oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, it was really freaky. Um, and, uh, of course, I'm afraid that God's, or that the devil or whatever life or whatever is going to take something huge from us. But we have endured. And, gosh, guys, hit that back 15, 20, 30 seconds and listen to what she said and how she was basically like, it hasn't been that bad. And, and of course, <laughs> my wife does not forget anything, okay? <laughs> she didn't forget the hardship. You didn't forget it. You didn't forget everything that we've been through. No. But your faith has grown, 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 grown. Your faith has grown. And your experience then is such that through the hardship, that you faced, you have a rock. You have an anchor. You have a cornerstone. Mm-hmm. It's not me. No. It's not our church. It's not your job. It's him. It's the being beyond all of this. 
when you sign up and you sign your name on the dotted line through baptism, you say the words, you tell everybody, you enter into a legal contract and God says, this is going to be amazing, but it's going to be terrifying. And when you get to the end of that roller coaster, through the loops and swoops and turns and burns, you're going to say, wow, I'd go again. I'd do it all over again. And actually, God, turn up the volume. Because like you said, Becky, when you were in those, as you were talking to this friend, like the intensity, the intensity of God, you can trust. You can trust what God has in your life. Like, you understand that when you, like, it hasn't been easy. I wouldn't say it's been easy by any means. No, definitely not. But, boy, it's been good. Well, something that um, someone just said to me this morning was that, like, it's amazing how really difficult experiences can turn some people bitter and, and turn others deeper into their faith. And, like, it could be the same situation, but, like, the same type of situation. And some people will chase after God, and others will shut him out. And we've just never been, it's never even crossed our minds to shut him out. It's been, like, chasing, chasing after him. Uh, there's a restaurant somewhere down the road from us that when the wind hits just right... It blows this like fryer burger, French fry smell that. Remember those old like um, Looney Tunes when Pepe Le Pew would mm -hmm. like smell the scent and he'd be like, oh, oh. like float yes. on the scent through the air. Yeah. I, I don't. I think it's the bowling alley. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think it's the bowling alley. Um, and you just want to just connect to that. Um, and I, I think a lot of times people think that that's what God is like in our lives, like that He will just. He will just intervene with goodness and grace and um, really like trans fats and, and, and cheese curds and deliciousness and really, really apparent. I mean, because frankly, that's what, that's what the early church wanted in the New Testament from the Messiah. They wanted him to be a conquering king. The Jews wanted that the Messiah would come and just basically wipe the slate clean and solve all of their problems. The funny thing is, is God did that through his son. But they couldn't see it. But we, in our naivety, we want God to come in and be like, well, you know, all your problems are answered, blah, blah, blah. And then it becomes very, very easy. Oh my gosh, it is so easy to follow a God that grants all your wishes. However, that is not our God. Mm -hmm. But yet it is. But it's his. It's his way that he does it. So I think the moral of all of this, it has, oh boy, borderline on sacrilege here. Um, it doesn't have as much to do with God as you think it does because God is pure grace and pure love. He will meet you where you are at because of the contract that he put in place. We know this. He is, he is above and beyond time. You can count on that. You can bank on that. That's an easy bet. However, how will you respond? Because we do. We respond 
afraid and we respond arrogantly and we respond needily and and all these things that we have that to say no or yes based on our own needs but we're terrified to be able to say like maybe that was on me maybe i made that mistake maybe i was the one who wasn't in alignment with god fundamentally if if god is going to go 99.9% of the way there and the 0.1% you have to do is just say yes flip just say yes it's just that simple and then when you're like oh my gosh it's hard and like these bills aren't going to get paid and and like this person's mad at me and it's like that's your faith like at that moment you're going to be like well I, I, I was out like I, i'm going to get another job i'm going to do all this. and i am so guilty of this like the fear and all those things i'm 100 I'm, I'm not i'm not accusing anybody in this situation but guys i have made <laughs> I am so blessed to have an incredibly gracious wife because I have made so many mistakes in my life. But it had to happen that way so that God could come through in the backside and say, dude, I was there for your family. I was there for you. All the ways in which you were afraid, I was there. And that's scary. That's terrifying. But you grow as a person you grow as a Christian, you grow as a couple. I want to encourage everyone here listening to this right now. If you're listening to this, it's because Holy Spirit wants you to hear this. Be encouraged. Be encouraged because your God loves you. Your God loves you. And what you're going through right now and the fear and the anxiety or the unjustness or the unfairness of your situation and how other people are wronging you God has a plan. Because think about it this way. If God didn't have a plan, where does that leave you? It leaves you empty. And it leaves you dead. And it leaves you in the grave without God. Because if God is, if, if you are a Christian, if you are someone who has said to our Lord, I accept the sacrifice, I repent of my sins. You are my Lord and Savior. That can only come from God, that understanding. In which case, hey, hot dog, you won the lottery. <laughs> you won the internal lottery, and you now have a chance at the mega millions, 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 which is, of course, eternal life with God. He's already done the work. He's already met you 99.9% of the way there. And all you have to do is say yes in your life. Now, I could spend a, probably an entire lifetime explaining what that means. But I'll leave you with this. Say yes. Just say yes to what he's doing in your life. Because if I look back on our time back it was just a, a desperate, it was desperate for him, desperate for stability in his truth. It's just that simple, folks. Yeah, that is, that truncates uh, half a lifetime, right? <laughs> well, and I we mean, can we, only keep we gotta, we gotta leave some content, right? Like, Oh yeah, right, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. There was a, a couple of things I was going to touch on, but I think, um, you know, we've probably said enough for this. So, well, yeah. Make note of it and we'll come back for part two, part three. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. I'd like that. Um, well, thank you guys for tuning in. I know it's a little different without Ellie at all, um, but that's how it's going to be from time to time. Like, I know you guys listened a couple weeks ago when I had a migraine and she did this podcast with her friend Sam. So we'll just keep her going the best we can and very grateful for Andy stepping in during his summer break to speak to us a little bit, a little sermonette there. Mm. And um, we... What about the socials? Yeah, I don't know. Ellie always says the shows as the promote, and she's like got it memorized. I Look don't know. at the last podcast to find out where to find it. But Facebook and Instagram, I guess. If keep you those wanna, conversations yeah. going, folks, and, and and throw those things in there. And, and even if it, like Ellie or Becky will respond, um, because it's important that um, it is possible to have community digitally. You might be driving in your car. You might be getting ready for work. You might be doing all sorts of things. You might be vacuuming, um, and you are here with us now in this moment. Um, and it is real and it is not ephemeral Um, so go ahead and get plugged in as best you can and uh, we will do what we can to um, keep these relationships going yep he's right so thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you hear you next week bye bye